The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. All right, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you listening to the Community Spotlight podcast on The Light FM. My name is Braxton Critcher, your host. And uh, this week we're going to spotlight some folks in Black Mountain, North Carolina, uh, at the Black Mountain Home for Children. And Sarah Thomas is joining us today. She's their development officer. Sarah, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate your time. And uh, for someone that's not heard, uh, just kind of give us the quick synopsis of, of who you guys are. Absolutely. Uh, so glad to join you today. And uh, Black Mountain Home for Children, Youth, and Families is a ministry, like you said, in Black Mountain. We have been around since 1904. Uh, not me personally. But the, the ministry itself. Hey, you sound great uh, for your age. Yeah, I so. do. I, You're I awesome. Look good too. What do you use? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the ministry actually started as an orphanage back in 1904. And today we talk about our kids being orphaned by the family court system. So we primarily serve children who come to us through the Department of Social Services. They come for reasons like abuse, abandonment, and neglect. And we serve kids from little bitty babies. We've had kids as young as two days old, all the way up to young adults in college. And um, we serve about 150 kids a year through four programs primarily. We do family foster care in the local community. We do uh, residential cottage care there on our campus in Black Mountain. We have a transitional living program. That's where we work with teens to really equip them to move on into adulthood. And then independent living, and that's where we can take care of those older kids who uh, all too often would age out of foster care at mm-hmm. the age of 18. And um, I mean, I think back to 18 and I was not ready. <laughs> and I had a great family and a great support system. So we've developed a program where those kids can continue with us uh, while they're pursuing some sort of education or, or job training goal. Yeah, back when so you that's, were... That's kind of the, the nutshell right there. Yeah, back when you were 18, all those years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> back in the <laughs> early 1920s. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I've I've actually had the privilege to come out to, to the Black Mountain Home for Children. And as with most things in the Black Mountain area, beautiful campus. And, uh, oh, you know, yeah. it's gorgeous facilities. Um, tell us something that, uh, that maybe you wouldn't find online, something uh, that's kind of beyond surface level about Black Mountain Home for Children? Well, you know, one of the things that we really focus on at the children's home is that so often the kids who who come to us are labeled as at risk. And uh, first of all, I, I just, I hate it when we slap labels on our kids because they're developing and changing and growing and they have potential and they're just figuring out who they are. Well, we, we decided if we we're going to label them, we'd come up with a better label. And uh, we call our kids at promise. Mm. And we had this, this we, we do a certification program where the council on accreditation comes in and make sure that we're doing everything we need to be doing so that we can be a, an accredited agency. And we told them about at promise and then they came and visited our campus and these two reviewers who had, they'd been doing this their entire careers. They had actually retired from, from children's ministry, children's work. Um, at the end of it, they said, we thought this was just a really good PR thing that y'all had going on here. But these kids really understand that you guys think that they do have problems. Yeah. And that was yeah. so gratifying to, us, um, to know that, 
that outsiders could come onto our campus and they could talk to our staff and they could talk to our kids and they could get that feeling that we're trying to empower these kids to understand that they have potential. They've been through hard things, but God loves them and he has equipped them and he's given them skills and talents and abilities. And um, I just, I think anybody who comes to our campus and oh, hopefully in 2021, we'll get to the place <laughs> where we can have people on our campus again. Yeah. Um, when you come out, uh, there's just the presence of the Holy Spirit and this, this feeling that these, these kids are loved and cared for and man, they can tell it. It's, it's really gratifying. Amen. It sounds like a, a great ministry. And, and by the way, we're talking to, to Sarah Thomas, the development officer for the Black Mountain Home for Children. Uh, Sarah, maybe a, a personal question here. Tell, tell us something that you've learned uh, about how to care for someone who's had a difficult childhood that you might could educate uh, the listener on how to, to care for someone like that. Well, it's, it's been interesting and, and highly educational. I personally don't have children. So um, it was interesting. I've been with they kind of all your home. kids then, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it'll be 15 years in April that I've been there. Wow. And uh, when I when I joined, I told my mom I, I had 30 kids, and she said that's not what I had in mind. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's worked out beautifully. Um, and you so, do you do really well for yourself at your age and 30 kids. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> Man, you do do good out there. So one of the things that all of our staff do um, is go through a, a training called CARE training, and that stands for Children and Residential Experiences, which is sounds very dry, but it, it's just an incredible training. It really helps us understand where our kids are coming from. And one of the lessons that, that I have personally taken from that, that really, it doesn't just apply to, to working with kids, it applies to working with people in general, is that instead of looking at a young person who's uh, misbehaving or struggling or, or having some issues, you don't look at them and say, what's the matter with you? You look at them and say, what happened to you? Mm. Because all of these, these kids come from this foundation where they have experienced things that uh, they're just terrible and things that I can't even begin to comprehend because yeah. I was blessed with good parents who, who did a pretty good job. So the the idea is that you really try to look at the, the child and say, what experiences have you had that have affected you and have brought you to this point and how can I help you work through those mm-hmm. and help you you know understand your potential and who you are and what you're capable of and that is that's been a beautiful thing not just like I said not just with the kids but you know it works great with husbands and family members and <laughs> strangers at the grocery store <laughs> man that's really good I love it uh, and that's kind of the I would imagine the heart behind uh, what you guys do. Um, anything further uh, for the reason why the Black Mountain Home for Children exists? Well, I I love to tell uh, a story. Uh, people will often say to me, you know, when I, they say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I do fundraising and communications for a children's ministry. And they say, wow, that's that's great. How, you're, what a wonderful thing for you to do. And I always feel funny when people say that because um, I do it because it makes me feel awesome. (laughs) When I know that I'm helping kids when, you know, with, with the remote learning, everybody's pitching in and helping these kids with with the distance learning at school. So I get to spend a little time with the kids that way. And it's just wonderful and rewarding and I love it. And that's why I do it. Not because it's selfless. Yeah. Um, So we had these two little boys. This is the story that I just think really brings it home. 
two little boys. They were four and I think seven at the time they came into care. And at that time, we actually didn't typically have children under the age of five in our residential program. Uh-huh. But these two boys had been in four foster placements in four weeks. And they just had to go somewhere. So we went through all the red tape, jumped through some hoops. We got these two boys to, to come to us. And the reason that they had struggled so was because the, the four-year-old was actually not yet potty trained. And wow. that's because abuse had happened in the bathroom. Hmm. And so he's just like, I'm, I'm out. I'm not, <laughs> not going in there. Mm-hmm. Well, our, our staff worked with these two boys and they really did just amazing work. Our house parents, I cannot sing their praises highly enough. Got that little guy potty trained, got him caught up in school. They eventually were reunified with a sister and all three were adopted together. So great story. But while we had Chris, the little guy, um, he was four years old. And I think anybody out there listening who has a four-year-old in your life knows what a four-year-old's favorite question is. Why? Do, do you know, Braxton? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Exactly. How did I know that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so... He, he came and showed up at my office one day and he said, what you doing? I said, I'm working. He said, why? And I thought, man, that is such a, so such profound. a good question. <laughs> What's a, sort of deep question there. <laughs> yes. And I, and I thought, well, I'm going to give him a real answer. And I said, well, I'm working so that I can let people know about the children's home and I can help raise money to support the ministry and you know, gave him a little explanation and, and he looked at me and the, oh my gosh, big blue eyes, Coke bottle glasses. And oh. he said, why? <laughs> and I said, well, follow up question. <laughs> so, so that we can take care of you and your brother and all the other kids here. And, and we can make sure you have good food and a place to live and you can go to school. And at this point, I'm kind of skipping ahead to how I'm going to answer the next why question. Right, right. But instead, he looked at me with those big blue eyes, and he laid those two little hands across his chest, and he said, for me? Mm. And I gave him all the candy I had in my office, (laughs) (laughs) sent him him home all sugared up. (laughs) But I went home that evening, and I thought about it, and I was telling my husband about it, and I realized... And what I realize I think is true for every person who works at Black Mountain Home for Children is that it's not for Chris and it's not for that two day old baby. And it's not for that 22 year old who's uh, trying to get a college degree and a job. We do it for God. He said, take care of the orphans and I pick you. And so every person there at Black Mountain Home, I think, is there because they feel called by God, because they feel like he has given them this beautiful assignment to take care of these children. And I, I think, you know, as I said, if you come out, that's what you feel when, when you're on our campus. And that's what the kids can feel because they know, they know when somebody cares and they know when somebody's faking it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Um, if you're listening and you want to Want to learn more, and, and as Sarah was saying, hopefully sometime this year we'll be able to, uh, you know, invite more people back onto the campus at Black yeah. Mountain Home for Children. And you can find them online, blackmountainhome.org, or on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash blackmountainhome. 
Sarah, I know there's many things on your heart that we could pray for, you know, uh, health, <laughs> safety, things of that nature. But uh, how can folks specifically pray for, for what you guys are doing? Uh, one of the biggest things, of course, you can pray for right now is just that we will continue to get through this pandemic. Um, the kids have done so, so well. We've been able to, you know, fortunately, because we're a large campus, we can kind of have school on campus. Um, our house parents really need your prayers. They have gone from, you know, sending the kids to school each day, which is their time to do paperwork and administrative type things, to right. having kids with them 24-7, you know, year, year round. Um, so, you know, to pray for our house parents to be able to continue to do the great work that they're doing, for the kids to continue hanging in there um, when a young person has come from a traumatic background, uncertainty and and illness and pandemics can really be deeply unsettling for them so yeah. you know, just that they'll feel stable and safe and secure yeah. uh, and then the other thing to pray for is just that that we will be able to continue to carry out the ministry the way we need to you know we had to cancel a whole lot of special events last year fundraising looks completely different <laughs> in the current environment we're blessed with some incredibly generous folks out there, but we will continue to, to need to do some fundraising and so that we can take care of kids and support them. And so I think those are those are the big things is to pray for our house parents to have strength, the kids to have courage, and for the administrative staff to have the wisdom to keep meeting the needs. Yeah. Plenty to pray for in the new year. Uh, keep, Absolutely. Keep Black Mountain home and uh, for children in, in your prayers. Uh, and you can, of course, find them on Facebook and online at uh, blackmountainhome.org. Sarah, I appreciate uh, your willingness to come on the podcast and kind of just shed some light on, on what's going on out there. And uh, sounds like there's a, there's uh, plenty on your plate, uh, plenty of kids, 30 of yes. them, right? 30 kids. Uh, keep well, keep we giving out candy. <laughs> across the board, we'll have 70 to 80 kids in care. That includes the foster care in the community as well as on campus. So, so you got grandbabies. You got grandbabies too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me and, and for sharing the news about Black Mountain Home. We hope you enjoyed today's community spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800 330 9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.